are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. So there's this woman, and uh, she had a parrot. And this woman loathed this parrot because this parrot loathed her. And uh, every day she would go feed this parrot and go and, and clean out its cage, and the cage would just rattle because the parrot would just be making lots of noise and squawking and, and yelling at her and calling her foul names. I know. A pet that can talk, like crazy. And so this lady was just at her wit's end, and finally one day when she went in and she was feeding the bird, and the bird just started, stupid woman, and she was just at her wit's end, she just grabbed the bird by the neck and flung it in the deep freezer. And for about five seconds, you could hear the bird going, stupid woman, just cursing her in the, in the freezer, and finally after about five seconds, all the noise ceased. And for a moment, she had peace. Well, she opened the freezer back up, and the bird was just sitting there looking at her. And the bird began to apologize wholeheartedly. He said, ah, I'm so sorry. Ah, forgive me. Ah, I didn't mean it. Ah, forgive me, please. And the lady said, you, you know what? You're forgiven. I, I, I believe you. I think that is wholehearted, wholehearted apology. And the bird said, do you mind if I asked a question? And she said, sure, go ahead, ask a question. The bird said, ah, what did the chicken do? <laughs> well, this morning, we're going to be talking about power and grace. Quick to forgive. There is truly power and grace. And do you know what? The reason that we have forgiveness and that we forgive others really is not because we're afraid of the consequences if we don't, like that poor parrot. Could you imagine looking there and seeing like frozen chicken breast going, oh my gosh, what's this lady going to do to me? But truly the Christian life is more than just mere words. The Christian walk is an empowered life. It's one in which the Holy Spirit empowers us to do His will here on the earth. And it's an exciting one. But as we continue on with our series, we are a Christ-centered, spirit-led church where we're families come together. And the first one that Pastor Lance has been talking about the last few weeks is love. The family is love. And a family that is loving, a church family that is loving, a home family that's loving, is forgiving. And as Christians, as sons and daughters of God, we must be the most forgiving people because we've been forgiven of the most. We've been reconciled with God. We walk in relationship with God. And do you know what? Our salvation comes through God's forgiveness of our sin. So how much more should we forgive others for their trespasses against us? It just makes sense. And it should just flow from the love of God flowing through us. But what happens when you've been hurt? 
I can guarantee you that if you are in this church, in this congregation, or in any church for any amount of time, at some point, somebody will say something that maybe irritates you a little bit. Somebody might do something that you don't like. Maybe there'll be some sort of conflict of some sort. And it's just because we're people. We all have different ideas sometimes about different things. But we all serve one God and we have one Heavenly Father. But what do you do when you are hurt? What do you do when someone pains you, when someone hurts you right to the core? And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. In Matthew 18, it says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times, Jesus answered. I tell you, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Now, I'm sure most of you have heard that scripture before. And basically, God's saying, forgive them as many times as they ask for forgiveness. And I'll do the same to you. God is so full of grace and mercy towards us. And he's asking us to do the same and to love each other the same way. I heard an amazing story about forgiveness. Have, uh, have any of you guys heard of Chuck Colson? For some of you uh, older folks that lived through the years of the Watergate scandal in the late 60s, early 70s, this guy was somebody who was in the White House during that time period. And... Um, he got in a little bit of trouble. And anyhow, he ended up serving a little time in prison for doing some things that weren't so good. But while he was in prison, he, he got saved. He had an encounter with the Lord. And his life from that moment on changed. And he began a ministry of reaching out to people in prisons. And he shares a, about a prison story about this program that they have where prisoners who come to Christ go through an 18-month discipleship period and then they have a graduation. And when one of these prisoners came forward for recognition, a very stately woman rose to his support. She was the mother of the young woman the prisoner had killed 15 years before. The man had denied his crime for all those years, but when he had come to Christ... And while going through the discipleship program, he became convicted of his need to come clean with both God and his fellow man. He confessed the crime and then asked for forgiveness from the victim's mother. But that's not even the amazing part. Because before that man had even become convicted of that sin, had come to that realization that what I did was truly wrong and I need to repent for what I've done, the mother of the slain child, she asked God for forgiveness for herself. That She just said, God, help me to forgive this person because I hate them. They took away something that was most precious to me, my child. They took away that, that life that was so dear to me. That person deserves to die. And that has never happened to me. I don't even have a child right now a physical birth child, but I'm sure one day I will, and I just pray that nothing like that will ever happen to, to our family. So before that woman had even received a letter, she'd called on the Lord to help God to, for, to bring forgiveness to her heart. 
And in that graduation ceremony, this woman stood beside the man who had murdered her own child and announced, this is my adopted son. Could you imagine? Could you imagine saying such a thing? It just boggles my mind. My friends, that's what real Christianity is about. When we're reconciled to Christ through faith, and we confess our sins, the Holy Spirit blesses us with a supernatural power to then bring forth forgiveness to others when they trespass against us. And sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's not easy, but you know what? This story illustrates that it is possible. It is possible to move beyond ourselves and for God to do something amazing in our lives. So do we have that supernatural power of Jesus working in our lives? The revenge factor. I don't, do you know what? I, I found this picture online, and this guy hadn't actually, he actually did this to himself. He's a teacher, and I don't know if it was a bed or they're fundraising or something, but he shaved his eyebrow and half his mustache. But I was thinking if I wanted to get revenge on someone, I'd probably, that's a good one, shave their eyebrows. Wouldn't that be terrible? I know, it would be bad. But isn't it interesting that when somebody hurts us, when we are, are, are wounded, I guess, that typically we want to get revenge. This thing of vengeance just wells up inside of us, and we want justice. And typically we want it swift. And uh, it's interesting how sometimes, even within a corporate body or within a country, that you'll see that quite often. Something horrendous happens, and people are upset, and they want justice, and they need it swift. And so governments will sometimes take swift actions. Could be an execution. Could be maybe killing one person for the ease of a whole nation. And uh, Rhea and I watched a movie not too long ago about that. I can't remember what it was called, but it was, about the, it was around the time of the assassination of uh, President Lincoln. What, what was it called? The Conspirators. And it's totally about that. Sacrificing one life that of a nation. But when things happen, we want vengeance. We want vengeance. And uh, I was trying to think of some funny stories that of a time that I, maybe somebody did something to me and I, I got back at them or, or whatever, but I don't know. I wasn't very creative. I wasn't really creative. I was thinking of lots of opportunities. I could have been more, I want swift justice. And I wish I had been more creative and I would have had a creative story for you. But uh, I don't have one. I guess I'm glad that the Lord just got me early in life. And I was able to forgive. But I heard recently of another story about forgiveness. And it was a story about a Tutsi woman who survived the genocide in Rwanda from 1994. Her name is Immaculate. And to say her last name, something like Libigazi, Libigaza. And that was just a terrible massacre of people. Something just unthinkable. And um, there's movies about it. There's, uh, I'm sure students learn about it in school. But in a period of about three months, 90 days, a million people were slaughtered. Families, children, women, just people going into homes with machetes and just taking them out right in their living room. And there was this woman 
this immaculate woman who shares her testimony, that this whole conflict started with the assassination of their president in Rwanda. That his plane was shot down. And there was just a rampage of Hutu gunmen that, that swore that they were going to kill all the Tutsis because they were kind of the ones that were being blamed for the assassination of this president. And uh, basically, this girl, this young woman, she was 24 at the time, was, went to her neighbor's house. And her neighbor was a Hutu man, but he was a, a minister, a Protestant minister. And he hid her and eight other women in a three-by-four bathroom for 91 days. For the 91 days, they didn't speak to each other because they had to be quiet. They didn't know each other's names, but they spent all their time in this one bathroom just having nothing to do but pray. This woman, Immaculate, she said that she would pray. She said, God, if you're real, then when they come searching this place, God, make them not be able to find the door to this bathroom. God, spare my life. And she would pray that one prayer that she knew. One of the world's most famous Christian prayers, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. But when it came to this line, she couldn't say it. How could she say, forgive them that trespass against us? They were trying to murder her. She didn't know it, but they'd mur she, these people had murdered all her family. And she was the one that made it and was hiding out. And she would skip this part. And she'd say the rest of the prayer. And finally, one of the, women in this, one of the other women in the room said, you know what, girl? You can't skip that part. I don't know if you noticed, but it's called the Lord's Prayer. And it's not man-made. God told us to pray this prayer. And therefore, we must pray what God told us to pray. And she struggled with that, and she struggled with that. But finally, she began to say that prayer the way it was meant to be prayed. And when it came to the forgive us our trespasses, she stumbled through it, but she said, as we forgive them, the trespass against us. And she'd pray this prayer hundreds of times a day. Hundreds of times a day. But she shares about how prayer changes you. That as she began to pray that prayer, at first very insincerely, God began to change her heart. And it wasn't long before she wholeheartedly wanted them to be forgiven. Because she remembered that scripture, Lord, they know not what they do. They know not what they do. And uh, she's just an amazing testimony an amazing testimony about what God can do through prayer. But I've never gone through such persecution ever in my life. I've never known what it would be like to have to forgive someone who's murder, trying to murder me. But when I was thinking of just preparing this message, actually, God kind of brought something to my heart about when I was in grade 8 in Miss Stevenson's social class. When I was in school, I didn't get made fun of at all. I had a really good name, McMillan. And it's hard to make fun of that. Mark, you know, it's pretty, 
How do you make fun of that name? And uh, most people liked me. I was pretty easygoing. I knew everybody. I was pretty talkative. And people liked me. And, uh, but anyhow, in grade eight, there's this one girl that just had it in for me. I don't know what it was, but she didn't like me very much. And uh, at that time in my life, I had pretty bad acne. And I share this story with the youth quite a bit. And this girl, every day, I'd walk into class, and she would just make little remarks about my acne, yell in front of the whole class, like, haven't you heard of oxy? Oxy pads? That's just gross. Wash your face, dude. And I'd look around, and nobody would say anything. Nobody would be like, yeah, you cut it out, cut it out, you know? And I just, I really felt like garbage for a couple weeks. And finally, one day, I just had it. And she made a comment, and the teacher was even in the room. I did not care. I stood up, and I just said something real nasty to her, something I could not say here. <laughs> and I sat back down, and I started doing my work again, and nobody said anything. I didn't get in trouble even. And uh, anyhow, it stopped. She never said anything about my, about my face ever again. And the Lord kind of brought that back to me because it's funny. Every time I would tell that story, all the emotions would still well up as if someone was doing it to me right now. Do you guys have those things that in your life, it may have happened 10 years ago, 20 years ago, but when you think about it, it's as if it's happening right now. Those same emotions just come welling back. And God kind of began to show me that as I was reflecting on this, that I need to forgive this girl, Danielle from Mrs. Stevenson's class. And so I did that. I said, Lord, forgive her. Forgive me for holding this bitterness and resentment in my life. And, um, and I think I've let go of that now. It's, it's not as painful to share with you <laughs> as it previously was. But Lord, forgive them as they trespass against us. The gift of grace and forgiveness. Grace. Did you know that? That grace is a gift given by God. Did you know that God is a God that loves to give gifts to his children? Especially good gifts. Hasn't he given us so many good gifts? Uh, we are a blessed people. As many shortfalls we have in our life, as many things that seem to not work out, how many things do we have in our life that do work out? It's amazing. It's amazing. Grace, it's a gift, or it's, and it's a reward that we don't even deserve. But God has given it to us anyhow. What an amazing God we serve. But as the church, as Cole Lake Community Church, as we choose to put Christ first, be Christ-centered and spirit-led, as we choose to say, God, I want you to be the center of my life. Lord, I don't want to do anything that you're not asking me to do. How do we reconcile ourselves with one another as we bump heads every now and then? I think the first thing is that we've got to ask God to help us, just like Immaculate in that bathroom. She went through a period of rage, she shared in her testimony. She said, I hated them for what they were doing, and I didn't understand. But through the process of asking, God gave. Isn't that an amazing thing that when we ask for things, we might actually get them? My dad taught me, this lesson, 
that when I was younger, I hated asking for things. It could be anything such as a chocolate bar, or maybe I wanted to stop at McDonald's on the way home from the grocery store or something. And I'd always go to my brother, who was the more like courageous one, and say, psst, ask Dad if we can stop at McDonald's and get an ice cream cone. And he'd go, Ma, Dad, Mark wants to know if we can stop and get an ice cream cone. I'd be like, oh, what are you doing? I wanted you to ask. And I hated asking for stuff. And so one day we were at this, this sports store, and there was rollerblades. I didn't know how to rollerblade versus squat, but I, I put on these rollerblades, and I was rollerblading around, falling over, and I really wanted these rollerblades. And uh, so anyhow, I was rolling by my dad. I'm like, Dad, look at these rollerblades. Aren't they nice? They're really cool. I wish I had a pair of rollerblades like these. And I'm um, just, you know, rollerblading around. And my dad's like, yeah, they're pretty nice. How much are they? And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're $69, whatever they were, and going around. And finally, my dad's like, okay, it's time to go. We've got to go take the rollerblades off. And oh, he didn't offer to buy me these rollerblades. And I was all upset, and I put them back. And we started walking down the street. My dad's like, you really like those rollerblades, didn't you? I'm like, yeah, they were the best. I would have been the coolest kid in school if I had those rollerblades. And he said, well, why didn't you ask for them? If you'd asked for them, I probably would have bought them for you. I said, what? Are you serious? Sometimes in life, we have not because we ask not. Isn't it true? And God is a loving Father. And when we ask for things, He will give it to us. Sometimes it doesn't always come in the nice, pretty little package that we think it might come in. But God gives his children good gifts, doesn't he? So want the gift of grace and forgiveness. First, when we find that we're not being quick to forgive, we've got to ask God for forgiveness. That's where it comes from. Like, the desire to just forgive somebody, I think that's supernatural. I don't think that, that doesn't come from our sinful nature. I know that. I know the devil's not dishing out forgiveness. We've got to stay connected to God and say, God... Help me to forgive. Sometimes those who deserve forgiveness the least are those who need it the most. Isn't it funny how when other people trespass against us, it's like, oh, they don't need forgiveness. But if the coin was flipped around and we were the one that had trespassed against someone else, we're all deserving of forgiveness. Who doesn't want forgiveness? Who doesn't feel like, oh yeah, I deserve forgiveness. They should forgive me for that. I know I've been in, I've been in that place. That's why I said that. <laughs> but brothers and sisters in Christ, we gotta be quick to forgive. At home, when our kids are doing crazy stuff, we've got to be quick to forgive. When our husbands are driving, their wives crazy, be quick to forgive. Thank you. God has chosen you and made you his holy people. He loves you, so you must always clothe yourself with mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So I guess, men, this is for you. Bear with each other and forgive each other. If someone does wrong to you, 
Forgive that person because the Lord forgave you. Even more than all this, clothe yourself in love. Love is what holds you together in perfect unity, Colossians 3.13. We're talking about how family is love. And families that love each other will forgive one another. And what's amazing is that when we come to that place of being quick to forgive, the things that used to be so hard to forgive, I think those things will, that mountain will start looking like a Scottish mountain. It won't no longer look like a Rocky mountain. I don't know if any of you have been to Scotland or seen their hills that they call mountains. But uh, so true that God has chosen us. He's chosen you to be holy. And he loves you. And so church, we need to be quick to forgive. Who has a bulletin? Will you just hold it up real quick? If you have one sitting next to you. You'll notice on the front of your bulletin there's a little picture. And in that picture is this quote. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and to discover that that prisoner was you. Isn't that neat? The other week, or maybe it was about a month ago, I was preaching, and I used that example of shaking a Coke and how, you know, when we hold things inside, when we're bitter and resentful and discouraged, that it builds up inside of us. And when we choose not to forgive, that's what's happening all over. Except I think with forgiveness, it's even magnified. I only brought in a little 300 and whatever milliliters, but it's like a two liter. It's funny, Pastor Lance was joking with me. He said, you know what, your congregation was lucky. If I was doing that, I would have put a Mentos in there. <laughs> I'm like, ooh. Man. man, go big or go home, I guess, right? But to forgive is to set a prisoner free and to discover that that prisoner was you. That when we choose not to forgive, because forgiveness is a choice, it's the first step to forgiveness is you got to choose to forgive somebody. And God will do the rest. God will change our heart. That's what he does. It's hard to change our own heart because it's hard. Our heart is deceitful, the Bible says. Sometimes we can't always trust what our heart's telling us because we have this sinful nature. But God can change our heart. When you forgive, you set the captives free, and the captive is yourself. And so church, forgiveness is something that is not a select thing, that just some people deal with, some people don't deal with, that every single person in this room, at some point or another, will have to deal with having to forgive somebody. I'm sure at some point, if I hang around here long enough, every single one of you will need to be forgiven or I'll need to be forgiven from, by you for something that I said or did. But to close, I just want to, I'm going to get everybody to stand. And we're going to go back to the Father's Prayer. But I, I would just like to, to pray. I thought we'd say the Lord's Prayer highlighted as we forgive them the trespass against us. And I'm just going to pray a blessing over you that the Lord would continue to work in our lives, that we'd begin to be those purple people that Lance shared about last week, 
that when people trespass against us and we have every reason to be angry and upset with them, that God would continue to work in us, that we'd have patience, that we'd have the fruit of the Spirit growing in us, and people would see Christ in us and through us, that we'd be that purple people that Christ is shining through, the light of the world is being shone out into a dark place. So why don't we just read it all together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them that trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, Father, Lord, I thank you, God, that you are a good God, that you are a father that brings and gives good gifts to his children. Lord God, I just pray, Lord, that we would choose to draw close to you. Lord God, that as we are a church, there's Christ-centered, spirit-led. Father God, I just pray that individually, every single one of us would choose to connect to you. Father God, that as trials and things come up in life, Lord God, that we would first bring it to you. Lord God, before we lash out, Father God, before we do things that we regret, Lord, be us, let us be sensitive to your Holy Spirit. Lord, guide us and direct us. Lord, I just ask right now, Lord God, for forgiveness. Just rain down in our hearts, Lord God, that we would be some of the most forgiving people. Lord God, I thank you and I praise you. Jesus' name, amen. Well, done a little bit early. If anyone needs prayer for anything, feel free to come up and, and we'd love to pray with you. But um, that's kind of it this morning, guys. Kind of short and sweet. But uh, bless you. Have a great week. And we'll see you next Sunday. hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.